Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee here. We are going through every single Metallica song. We are on the O's now, and you know, it's crazy. Um, episode 106, we're slowly getting there. We're past the midway point, you know, I can see the R's and the S's and the T's in the distance. And if you're not familiar with the show, it is myself and normally a guest going through every single song that Metallica have ever recorded. We are celebrating we are critiquing, we are criticizing, we are damning, we are heralding, and you know, today is no different, we are doing uh, of Wolf and Man, and you know, follow us at MetallicaPod, get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com, if you want to come on the show, you want to discuss a song, if you get out and touch me on the email, I'll get back to you what episodes are available, we can go through, we can discuss, we can decide what you want to come on and uh, talk about. Patreon is there, patreon.com forward slash alphabetallica. There is now an RSS feed, an exclusive feed for the patrons. So if you give back to the show, you get to download the episodes in advance. You know, that'll often be a week, maybe even two weeks before. I'm doing two episodes a week now, so there's a regular upload stream on there. We've got the YouTube channel. We've got Spotify. I know Spotify's a bit haywire at the moment. Hopefully it's been fixed when you're listening back to this in the future. But, you know, we're pretty much on any audio platform you can imagine. iTunes as well, leave us a review on there. And, you know... One of the great things about the show is that I get to speak to fellow Metallica fans or to get to speak to fellow Metallica podcasters. There's quite a few of us out there in the world, and Stephen is one of them. Stephen, how's it going, man? I'm doing well, Tom. How are you? I'm, I'm very well. I mean, your, your podcast, Metallica Chat, like, how would you describe your flavor of Metallica podcasting? Uh, yeah, I would say it's, it's a little uh, looser interpretation of a Metallica podcast. I think we use kind of the construct of doing this uh, Metallica show as an excuse to talk about whatever we want. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah I love it. I really, really, you know, the, the, the cover itself of the show is a cat. And, you know, I, I appreciate the tangents that you go on and the, the different topics that you explore. And, you know, we'll put the links down below. Like, you, yourself as a fan of the band, like, how did, do, do you remember the first time you heard Metallica, the first song you heard? Oh, man, the first song I heard or I remember making a real impression on me was probably Fuel. Mm. Um, so I got into Metallica around the turn of the century, so around 2000. Um, and I think a common story for a lot of Metallica fans, my older brother was a huge fan of that time. So I remember pilfering through his CD collection, you know, I think, you know, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, oh, yeah. Pearl Jam, all those were a big impression on me. Um, so at the time, it was really load, reload, black album. Um, so that was my first introduction to Metallica. And then I think, you know, starting to play guitar in, you know, around middle school and then high school, I really started to dive into those first four albums or so and realize, you know, hey, this might be my my musical obsession moving forward. How deep did it get? Like, how high do you rank them out of all the bands you're into? I would say they're number one yeah. uh, out of my top ten. You know, they had a lasting impression on me during my adolescence. I think that's such an impressionable time uh, for anybody getting into music. But they are the only band that's really stuck with me, I think, um, throughout the years. So I was born in 88, so I'm 30 now. I think they're the only band probably from that time period or era that's really you know, stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm slightly younger, 27, so kind of in that same ballpark. And it's getting to this point now where certain songs, like, you know, I remember being like 12 and being driven around by my dad listening to Fade to Black, and it, and it still gives me the chills, like 15 years later. And then, you know, well, my, my dad's really into music, and there's certain bands that he's been listening to, like 50 years and stuff. It's like, will I be driving my kid around and we'll both be listening to, like, Shorty Straw? Like, probably. <laughs> 
I guarantee you will. But the, the excellent thing about Metallica is their, their discography is so large that I feel like you're always discovering and finding new things within, you know, the, the band's music. So it's not like it's, – it's, it's much like, um, you know, listening to, to discovering a new band sometimes, but it's a new mm-hmm. song or something. Mm-hmm. And as with a lot of these episodes, people get in touch literally years before – and eventually we get here and you just checking the emails back before we started to hit record. And, you know, you yourself gave me a list of what you wanted to do included on the list was today's song. So this is something you rank quite highly. I mean, what, what was that one you wanted to talk about? Yeah. Uh, Wolf of man does rank pretty high for me. Um, you know, I think when you look at the black album, when you talk to people why they love it, you know, it, it's Sandman, it's sad, but true. It's nothing else matters. Uh, wherever I may roam, it's all the singles, but I think when you really get to the deep cuts of Wolf of Man, uh, Through the Never, Don't Tread on Me, those are really the backbone and the glue of the album. And I think that's why it it holds up front to back. And of Wolf of Man's probably maybe maybe my top you know album cut or deep cut from Metallica. Um, I just think we'll get into it, but I think it just fits the song or fits the band so well uh, thematically, musically, etc. Yeah, I could totally believe that James would turn into a wolf at midnight. Right, right. Like, I mean, I mean, Black Album era, he kind of had that leonine mane, and, you know, he is the outdoorsman, as you say. And, you know, we begin with the song, and it opens with that sort of patented Black Album crunchy chug, the guitars sort of almost slicing. And, you know, one of the common things people say about the load and reload era, as it was quite pioneering for the band, where they had two guitars, you know, the stereo thing, the both things going on. Metallica always did that, but admittedly on, you know, Master and Ride, it's happening, but you can't really tell it's happening because they're playing exactly the same thing. I love the intro here, where one guitar is just chugging, bashing, and another guitar is kind of just ramping up the neck. You know, it really feels like that second line is kind of firing off into the new day's mist itself like what what do you make about the intro yeah uh, this song i mean that black album as a whole has a great stereo mix but this Mm. song in particular it really stands out kind of those staccato guitar chugs joined by the drums and it comes in full uh and then like to your point the the ascending kind of guitar it just builds this immediate momentum and almost has a it almost has like a um classic thrash uh, chugging or gallop to it without it being a traditional thrash song yeah absolutely it's so visceral like you can't help but kind of beat your chest to this opening right yeah yeah absolutely it just takes you over the symbols pulsing as you say pushing us forward and you know it's one of those songs that works really well in hindsight because the main thing about the riff is but we don't actually get that until 48 seconds into the song as it resolves after the first verse and there's that tension when I'm listening I'm always waiting for it to come in and that riff is just so damn pleasurable I mean the the, the main riff that forms the body of the song you know okay it's not sad man or sad but true but I, I totally agree I think it's one of the ultimate album cuts compositionally yeah, it, when you think about the riff, I almost think more over of the and then the build with you know listening to today again, Lars kind of rides those symbols, and it isn't until halfway through the first verse that he really comes in with that backbeat. Yeah, um, it's got a beautiful build. 
Yeah, it really does. And, you know, the song is one of duality, of shifting consciousnesses, both lyrically, you know, in terms of the change that's being experienced by the protagonist and also, um, you, know, you know, the moods uh, that we go through, kind of the riff that was building that's chugging, as you say, in the more kind of aggressive outward piece in the centre. And the song dwelled on, you know, metamorphosis as a whole. And I, mean, I really like the lyrical content for the band. It's very... It's very diamond heady, you know what I mean? It's it's very new wave of British heavy metal, like literally just talking about transforming into a wolf. I mean, obviously it's James, so there's different layers. He's an outdoorsman, and it's kind of a you know a tribute to that sort of life as well. But you know, it's called a wolf and man. It's about becoming a lichen. Yeah, it it so naturally uh, fits James and his aesthetic and this idea of transformation from from man to beast. He does really well, you know. I think they've done it. A couple times, I'm trying to think. You know, "Am I Savage?" immediately comes to oh, mind. Oh yeah, yeah, has, of course, of course, yeah. Has similar thematics, but to your point at the kind of the beginning of the show, his um, especially this time period, he's such got an aggressive, masculine stage presence in particular. I think he just crushes the song. Mm. I mean, I hunt, therefore I am. Like, I'm pretty sure James said that on the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. What do you, what do you, how do you feel about the, uh, the point of view of the song? So really he kind of sings as this predator or this hunter. And then I really read it as the audience or the listeners kind of the, the hunted. The song kind of puts you on your heels immediately and it feels like it's, it's tracking you down or chasing you. Yeah. Yeah. And he's part of a pack as well. We shift, um, you, you know, you know, the pronoun and while you sleep as well. And, oh you know, God. you know, the breakdown post solo, James getting into his kind of Vincent Price type guys here, kind of talking directly to the listener. And, and and lyrically, it's an absolute triumph, not only in the shifting perspectives that we just touched upon, but in the poet's eye as well. Off through the new day's mist, I run. That's just an excellent image of an animal out there in the wilderness. It's so evocative. It's you're right. It's poetic and it it works really well, particularly for a song that's so simple. I think uh, lyrically and thematically, but even in the kind of broader examination of the blackout and these ideas of nightmares and and, and horror elements, it it fits perfectly. Yeah. Um, I remember reading a interview snippet with Bob Rock, and he talked about when they were writing the song and thinking the idea was so hokey of like, really, you're going to write a song about werewolves? But then hearing James's execution of it, it just works so well. Yeah, yeah, he is invigorated by this, like the way he says, cowl of the wild, like, doesn't even sound like the word cool. It sounds like the word cowl or something. Like, he throws a huge few more syllables in there. And he's got some great vocal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, his delivery on this track is sumptuous. And and like you say, those horror elements, it's later than you realized as well. It's like a kind of slasher flick aesthetic here. That line in particular always stands out to me because it feels a bit rushed. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's later than you realize. Like, it's... Uh... It's cute. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you, you know, a Fallen Lamb is spoken about as well. And it's quite um, it's quite a brief song. I mean, the, you know, the Black Album as a whole, for the most part, the songs aren't, you know, we're not really getting into death magnetic, hardwired kind of territories here. But this is one of the shorter songs. This is kind of a straight up sort of pop length, you know, four minutes, 17. And it's just, just a wild ride, isn't it? It just goes through so many transformations and it's, it's so breathless. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. You know, it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, and then back to the to the chorus. But I think it's just so unrelenting. Uh, it it, it kind of has that classic thrash aggression 
um, but in a in a pop element. And you know, so many subtle elements that you detect, especially in Bob Rock productions, when you've got the headphones on, when you're listening for the episodes. And I love hearing, I don't know if you even caught this, like obviously in the shape change, you can hear multiple voices, but also in the verses as well. Sometimes there's just certain personas that are underscoring James and you kind of hear little, little twists here and there that he just kind of threw in there. And there's like little twinkly arpeggios in certain sections as well. It's, it, it's a veritable feast. And it brings us into the solo, which I'm not going to say is an like awful solo. I don't, or even that it's aimless. I kind of appreciate its haywire nature, but um, you know, it can't really sit at the top table. I think of the other Black Album solos. I am right there with you. I was curious your thoughts on it. Um, it's a good solo. I think it's classic Hammett from the the, the Black Album era. Um, he kind of gets in the pocket and then he rides it, but it's not a super long solo. No. And I think when you put it up against, um, you know, I was just listening to your, your Nothing Else Matters episode, that, that's a oh, yeah. defining Black Almera solo. So is the Unforgiven. And this one is, is, I think, overall a little forgettable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you put a gun to any Metallic fan's head and said, sing the Nothing Else Matters solo, sing the Enter Sandman solo, they'll do it for no for no. Sing the Wolfman, it's like, it's like, kind of has that sort of element, then it creeps up, then we get into the blues. But, and, you know, it does have some cool lines in here, but it's just... It's not a searing, like, you know, he's like My Friend of Misery, I think, has terrific lead breaks that this slightly lacks. And then it kind of goes down. It gets, you know, very, very, very Tellurian, very dingy. And we're in a very spooky environment, like we said, James with his uh, narrator steez. And I, I love that they lean into the horror elements so obviously. And it's not even, it's not even goofy, though. I think it's quite effective. I think it works tremendously well. Uh, I think it, it, it's part of the reason why uh, the song stands out to me so much. Just his readings of, of uh, the hair stands at the back of my neck. And then the wildness of the pre- preservation of the world really feels like the the climax or the embracing of this transformation of this, this wolf presence. Yeah, yeah. And kind of, you know, you know in, in blackened. We learned the kind of the immolation of the world from human inference here. And, you know, we're talking back to the meaning of life. Like, this is kind of ultimately what it is about. And just, just yeah, terrific couplets throughout. Really, really wonderfully done. Um, would you make of the sort of the shape shift sections as well, that kind of call and response? It works really well for me. And even when you think about them live during this era, him and Jason going back and forth on kind of those um, call and repeats, it, it works tremendously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. I mean, look, guys, obviously, we both adore this song. Um, unsurprisingly, I think this is a, a big favorite of a lot of people. I think a lot of people know this song as well, quite possibly through the inclusion on S&M more than anything. Um, I listened to that back today. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan. I think it's a little overstuffed. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I think the opening works really well. Um, like we were talking about the, the guitar and the drums paired together, and then there's these you know string highlights of it. And it's good, um, but there are parts of it that feel a little forced. I think. Yeah, there are. I mean, what do you? Uh, you got, you got to love Jason's. Got any wolves out there? Like, I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I love I'm that all bit. on board for that stuff, and it really brings out. Um, you know that that Bob Rock production. There's a lot of howling and stuff that's happening in the background of the of the studio there track. Is, there is, yeah, yeah. There's lots lots of subtleties, as we say, and I bet they had a lot of fun putting that together. Yeah, it kind of shows their more kind of um, you know the widened scope, really, going in slightly different directions. Here, you, you can't really imagine a song like this on Justice, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And as we always do, we open it up on Twitter, at MetallicaPod. Uh, always great to hear what you guys thought about the songs and hear your criticism. So uh, I'm Wolf and Man. Ralph saying, love it, of course. I love every song off the Black Album. Another underrated, underappreciated song that I would like to hear more of live. SNM version is even better. Ralph, I love you. You know I love you. I've got to disagree there, but I'm sure a lot of people will agree with you. Uh, Chronosur420 um, says, I like it. Not close to being a Metallica favour of mine. Whenever I hear it, the first thing that comes to mind is James's cool ass esp guitar with the wolf and man frets have you seen that i'm not familiar with that it doesn't come to mind no no okay wolf and man frets let's try and find that okay so um then we have sabracadabra saying uh, this song makes me want to go hunting for some reason i fucking love it mayor saying even when listening to the studio version i can hear jason's live backing vocals in my head mti saying one of my favorites on the black album was also my official theme song when playing my diablo 2 werewolf druid in college and perry kerry saying kelly saying shapeshift nose to the wind hope you find mind if i save this image and um that was kind of gibberish but thank you perry for that and you know guys let us know in the comments down below get at me metallicapod at gmail.com what do you make of this song this song has been played 254 times live. It was debuted December 7th, 91 in Chicago. It was last played on Valentine's Day, weirdly enough, in uh, Bologna, Italy. So, um, which was actually, sorry, last year, not this year, 2019, 2018. Um, I mean, I think this will always be in the live sets. It's not going to be a staple, is it? But but everyone's going to love hearing this. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's always, you know, when they throw in Through the Never or... You know, they don't do um, The Struggle Within enough or some of those other Black Album deep cuts, but always, always appreciated. Mm. And uh, and I like the inversion towards the end of the song, of wolf, of man. And, you know, it's one of those moments when you hear the title of the song in the song, if it's not in the chorus, which is always nice, like when you hear Death Magnetic, um, you know, in, in My Apocalypse. And then we go back into the, the intro riff as the outro. It's quite abrupt, it's kind of a false ending, and then we get that. What, what do you make as, as that as a way of exiting the song? I, you know, I don't think it works a lot of times, but for this song in particular, I do think it works. I think it's this kind of crescendo that happens where they return to that main riff, um, but Lars is going ham on the cymbals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just so elevated version of it that it, it ends with such a bang that it works. Yeah, and yeah, I just want to reiterate that for me, the highlight of the song is the way the chugging resolves in it. I just can't help but kind of headbang internally when I hear that my whole body moves like it's very corporeal and the, the band just nail it like I'm sure there are fucking tons of metal songs about men becoming wolves but I'm gonna wage a cold hard cash that this is the very best and please get in touch with me metallicapod at gmail.com if you know of any others I'm, I, you know, I, I'm certain I'm certain that Diamond Head would have strayed into this idea okay cool so I've just seen um some images of James's guitar and yeah that's right oh that's awesome so it's down the fret and it's like a, a man upright on the 24th fret and then a howling wolf on the first and slowly progressing down. God, that looks badass. I've never seen that before. It's his MX250, apparently. You can actually buy one yourself. So yeah, that 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 is so cool. That is so cool. So um, yeah, I mean, any uh, any closing thoughts on this track? Uh, no, you know, it's, it's probably my all-time favorite deep cut if I had to throw one out there. Um, it's just that that aggression lyrically, thematically, it just works so well for them. And let's talk all-time favorite songs then. What What is your favorite Metallica song? Yeah, that is very tough. I would say it's constantly rotating. Um, but a top three would have to be um, Creeping Death, 
Blackened mm. and Harvester of Sorrow. Wow, I mean, yeah, Grooming Death and Blackened, definitely my top three as well. Yeah, I love Harvester as well. I've never understood Mick Wall, who calls it like ponderous and boring. I, yeah, I think Harvester's irresistible. So, no load and reload there, no Saint Anger. No, shocking, no. I know. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I do think Load and Reload have a, has a lot of, of solid um, content on it, but there's also, to me, just so much, I, I, I dare to call it filler, but there's so much uh, great riffage that is, is utilized in songs that kind of go nowhere or too much meddling. I think if you combine Load and Reload, there's probably a really, really solid album in there, but it's just strewn across two um, mediocre executions, I guess. What's the epitome of Load Reload filler to you? Oh my gosh, Tom. Um, <laughs> it's the hardest question you can ask a man. You know, I, I think the epitome of that is probably the opening to load. Ain't my bitch to me. Really? I kind of like Ain't my bitch. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a statement. Um, it certainly is. <laughs> but there's so much potential there that I feel like it's just lost. Okay, okay. I'll, yeah, I, I mean, I've got to look more to reload than load, um, but I've got to throw out stuff like Attitude and, you know, Carpe Diem Baby. Obviously, I have beef with, this has been established over a lot of past episodes, Sliver as well is is, is just, yeah, turgid. But um, let, let's focus on the positives. What, what's your favorite Metallica album? Uh, my favorite is Justice, no doubt. Mm. Um, I just think the aggression of it, it's their heaviest, it's their most progressive. Um, and it's really their last album, you know, before they had that, that big mainstream break. I do think there's something beautiful about that. Um, but it's just their wildest. It, the songs go completely horizontal halfway through. Um, you know, I think objectively Master and the Black Album are probably their best, but I just have a real soft spot for Justice. And um, your favorite member of the band? That is tough as well. Um, you know, I think James and Lars and their dynamic, that's that's the crux of, of Metallica. Mm, of and, and that's their... You know their success right there, um, but I, I do think Lars is probably my favorite if I had to pick one. He's just such an untraditional drummer and a great songwriter for being a drummer, um, and moreover a great businessman. I think he's very in tune with the needs from like a, a brand and marketing perspective. Even if that that sounds weird to say. No, no, you're completely absolutely right. And what about seeing the band live? Have you seen them at all? Yeah, I've seen them three times. Uh, I saw them on the Madly and Anger with the World tour back in '04. Cool. Um, which you know was was an interesting tour. Yeah, it's, uh, it's cool of, that you saw them on that though. Like, yeah, um, especially you know, frantic singing or they're not going to play that stuff. Maybe, maybe ever again. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, um, maybe S and M too. But other than that, yeah, yeah. But even they played No Leaf Clover. They played I Disappear. Nice. Um, their core or their encore. They played of Wolf and Man. So I appreciated that oh, a lot. Cool. So where did you see them? I saw them at Kemper Arena here in Kansas City, uh, which is now a defunct uh, arena. Right. Uh, and then I saw them on the World Wired Stadium Tour in 2017. And then I saw them last month on the, the arena portion of the World Wired Tour. Okay. And how was the arena? Because I'm seeing them soon in Twickenham Stadium, I think, in, in London. And I've never, re- I've never really been to a big arena show in general. Like, obviously, they're masters of that format. So I'm guessing it was pretty thrilling. Yes, I, I prefer the arena uh, environment to the stadium show just because they have a way with the you know the way they do the in the round kind of um, stage setup. It feels much more intimate than most arena shows I've been to, mm. and I just I, I don't think they know how to put on a bad show. So they they bring it, um, and I, I just feel so much more engaging uh, than like the stadium setup. 
Yeah, just looking at the uh, Kansas City set list, fantastic set list it was. So blackened into fuel, into bells, into fade to black, and then you frantic I disappear, then went up Revolomo Rome, and St. Anger, then closing out the first set with Sabatrue, Creeping Death, Battery. This is a monstrous set. And then, yeah, as you say, a Wolferman opened the second encore before Seek and Destroy closed the show. This was actually the first time Wolferman had been played, according to website, uh, since 99 in New York City. So I haven't played it for almost five years by this point. So, yeah, that was very cool that you saw that. Um, final question. I mean, you do a podcast, obviously, on a band, uh, this band that we all love, Metallica. But um, are there any other bands in your head you've ever wanted to do a show about? Yeah. Um, you know, if I had to do another band, I'm a, I'm a huge Weezer fan. Oh, cool. Um, and they're, they're do they, do they have a podcast? Because I know they've got some ardent fan base. They do. Um, actually, Matt Apodaca from um, the Earwolf Network just started a great Weezer show. I believe it's called uh, What's With These Homies Talking About Weezer. <laughs> and it's a very, very good show. Highly recommend. Um, but they just have such an interesting discography, and it's so up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rivers Cuomo himself is an interesting entity, so that'd be a good one. Um, it'd be Weezer or Talking Heads. I'm a huge Talking Yo, Heads fan well. I, I have spoken to my friend Sam Fan on the show about doing a Talking Heads podcast. I'm a giant Talking Heads fan as well. There needs to be a Talking Heads podcast. Tom, do it, please. Yeah. I, re- I do. I, we, yeah, we do really. I, for me, it would be it would be a David Byrne podcast as well, like because I, I really like his solo career. But um, but yeah, just to I, I, we want to call it maybe talking talking heads. It's a bit obvious, but I mean, <laughs> it's it's just kind of there. But um, but yeah, yeah. Weezer. Okay, apparently, I always kind of like to Google when people say suggestions, see if they do exist. There's another one called We Are Weezer, a podcast for Weezer fans by Weezer fans that has like forty odd episodes. So they've been going for a little while. Um, yeah, I don't know Weezer too much. I know the obvious. I really love that song off Make Believe. Um, I think it was a single, Perfect Situation. Do you know Perfect that song? Situation. Yeah, That's a yeah, top yeah. fiver for me. Yeah. That, that guitar Beautiful in that song. song is incredible. I love the guitar in that song. Yeah, that's a really cool song. Um, so, yeah, I guess finally. Well, how, how do people listen to your Metallica podcast, Steve? Yeah, so if you've listened to all of Alpha Metallica and are looking for kind of another perspective on the band, check out Metallichat. Uh, it's on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, we actually just did a fun April 1st episode where we covered Weezer's Black Album instead of Metallica's Black <laughs> Album. So I do recommend that. Uh, but yeah, you can find us on any of your, your podcast platforms or you can hit us up on Twitter at MetallicaChatPod. All right, well, we'll put all the links down below. You, of course, can follow us at MetallicaPod. Get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com if you want to hop on the show and discuss a song. What do we have available coming up? We've got Shoot Me Again available, um, Stone Cold Crazy, Stone Dead Forever. Um, the Thing That Should Not Be is available, um, Through the Never, uh, Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World, Trapped Under Ice. We've got some cool songs. I might have like promised these to people in past episodes, and I often get angry emails saying, dude, I thought we were doing that. So I can't guarantee these are 100% available, but, um, you know, throw your luck in. We'll probably do the episode anyway. And, um, yeah, Patreon is there. If you want to support the show, you want to give back to the show, you want to listen to the show uh, in advance. That's about it. iTunes review, all that sort of stuff. But, um, Stephen, it's been great to, um, you know, the olive branch between the Metallica podcast. It's cool to have you on, man. Absolutely. And I just want to say thank you and you congratulations on the show. Like you, you guys, as well as Clint Ethan, you guys do an incredible, incredible work. And I don't know how you do it. And, and outside of even just the podcast, the community that's built around all the shows has been really incredible. So yeah. thank you immensely. And, and congrats on, on how great the show is. No, no, thank you, man. That's very kind of you to say. So we'll be back 
very, very shortly to be tackling one is the next episode, and then Orion as well. So we've got some crazy episodes coming up in the next week or so. But yeah, this has been Tom. Thanks again, guys. And Stephen, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs>